0: Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello. Test, test, test. One, two, one, two. I'm back on the mic. Uh, this is the first podcast I've recorded since being home from Florida. Um, I pre recorded a bunch of the pods just to uh, lighten my load a little bit. So it's very exciting to be back on the mic. I um, hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. It's kind of funny. So I interviewed Danielle Della Valley She has become a friend of mine. I just really enjoy our conversations. But we recorded that episode over two months ago at this point. And it's interesting because today, um, today's concepts kind of build on some of what we discussed in last week's podcast. So that's like totally, you know, like not by design at all. Very interesting. Today I'm gonna to talk a little bit about using intuition, um, examining core beliefs, talking about some reflections that came out of the past month to two months. Um, there's also an announcement that I wanna make about the GI program. So, um, Essentially, I was having different versions of this same conversation with multiple friends, and each one of them, independent of the other, said, you should really make this a podcast. And I thought about labeling it strictly biz, um, but I, I think it extends well beyond business. And um, a lot of folks have told me that even though they don't own their own business, they love listening to those episodes because they get a lot out of it and it helps them in their everyday life. I think that's pretty cool. I also had somebody just today, just before I hopped on the mic, um, say, when are you doing your next Woo podcast? So I'm like, okay, that's a sign to like really, really go for it with this one. It feels a little self-indulgent because I'm essentially just talking about my experience. But I think there's a universal theme here And hopefully, through my experience, you pull out the bits and the pieces that resonate with you. I mean, that's really all that we can can ever ask for. I'm at this weird phase, and we're gonna talk about this. I shouldn't say weird phase. It's new to me, so it feels weird. Um, We'll get into this more as the conversation builds, but I'm at this phase of my business where I am focusing on things that feel good, And even just saying that honestly feels hard. There is this sense of, well, who am I to say that, right? My job is to serve. I just need to show up and serve. I should sacrifice for the greater good. And as we'll uncover in just a sec here, one of my personal narratives has been, I have to suffer to be successful. Um, I don't trust when things feel easy. So saying I'm going to focus on things that feel good, ugh, it feels ho- it feels challenging to even say it. Um and I'm working with a new business coach and he's encouraging me to do more of that. So I'm trying to rise to the challenge. And honestly right now feeling kind of like a content monkey where like my sole purpose is to just pump out content in response to Demands uh, doesn't really feel good. I'm really evaluating my relationship to social media. I mean, specifically Instagram because that's where I spend time and where I show up. And just like feeling like I am just at the beck and call of the Instagram algorithm. Like that doesn't feel good. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good. Um, I love the personal connections that I get to make on that app, but like beyond that, I just feel like ah, it sometimes starts to feel yucky. And I think a lot of you, you know, whether you have a public facing business or not can can relate to that feeling. Um, but for now, I am just going to speak to what's on my heart and trust that the people who need to hear it will show up and they'll get what they need out of this. So hopefully you're one such person. Um, plus, I've just been talking a lot about food and answering a lot of questions about nutrition within my carb compatibility project. So I just need a bit of a break from from talking about that. If you're somebody who is here for the nutrition and just wishes I would talk more about food, I actually encourage you to join one of my programs. That's where we do that. That's where we like really dive into lots of that kind of stuff and help you apply it to yourself, which isn't to say I'll never talk about food here. It's just that I've been doing nutrition work for a decade and like, I can only talk about refined oil so much before I get bored. So (laughs) anyway, um, you know, as far as this podcast, I'm going to keep showing up and recording this podcast as long as it feels good. You know and if it stops feeling good then i will then i will reassess but in the meantime in the meantime um some of you have reached out to ask how you can support me which is just really really kind if you are one such person i just want to say thank you you know um i i even said just recently that like every time I get a DM, I feel myself bracing for impact because it feel like there's usually an ask, right? Like every time I open up my inbox, there's usually people, I, I kind of joke that my inbox is like a storage receptacle for other people's needs. <laughs> you know, like there's usually somebody there being like, hey, you know, can I ask you a question? Whatever, whatever. Um, And so I felt myself doing that the other morning and it was somebody just showing up to say like, I just listened to your, you know, the, the episode that I did with Rachel about, um, about cooking and I just appreciate you so much and I would love to support you and messages like that feel really good like I can feel the support I can feel the love not to sound super cheesy but so I just want you to know if you have ever sent me a message like that I see you I feel you I recognize you like I I I, I get what you're putting down and I I freaking appreciate you okay um Honestly, the best way to support my work, if you're not going to purchase, obviously like purchase a program for me or work with me directly, is to just use the links that I share. So support the the show, the podcast sponsor, Organifi is the sponsor of today's episode. They're wonderful. Um O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk. Is the link to use to save 20% off of all their stuff? I mean, I get people asking me all of the time, what's your favorite protein powder? What's your favorite protein powder? Um, Organify has a great protein powder, so you could check that out and see if you like it. But um, I really appreciate their low sugar stance, especially now. So Hattie's back in school. So I am just, you know, kind of doing my due diligence to support. Her immune system to support my immune system. And so that means I'm really conscientious about my sugar intake. Um I'm actually, you know, doing the CCP um myself. So so yeah, I appreciate the the products that they're putting out. And you well, like if you purchase, just full disclosure, if you purchase something from their website using my link, I don't get paid. I don't get like a, a percentage of that, but it just tells the sponsor that like, yeah, people are listening to the show and people are willing to invest in some of the products that Aaron supports. So that's how that whole, that whole thing works. So that's a great way to support, because you're supporting yourself with good food. You're supporting the show. So if you benefit from the show, it's the way to support the show. You're supporting a good company and you're supporting me. So yay, lots of support. Sprinkle all of the support all around. So, um, The other thing that's been like fresh on my mind, and I actually alluded to this in last week's episode, I have spent a good chunk of time on this podcast talking about and educating on functional labs and same deal on Instagram as well. And what was interesting with this recent round of your hormone revival, sometimes this happened, but I just felt like there's like a real significant uptick in people putting a lot of stock in labs. Um, They're really, really invested in the labs. And it's almost like I just need the labs to help me figure out my problems. These labs will solve my problems. and that experience showed me that, hmm, maybe maybe it's time to back up and regroup for a hot minute here and focus on some of the more important tenets of health and well-being. I mean, labs are wonderful, right? I think the Dutch test specifically, like as a clinician, I use these labs as an entry point to talk about how your life in your environment you're productive in your environment here's how your environment is affecting you here's how it's manifesting in your body and so i use those labs as an entry point to talk about life changes how do you heal the environment that led to imbalanced hormones because you can't heal in the same environment where you got sick everybody tries to do it i just want to heal my hormones please don't make me change my life but that's kind of the secret. So I want to, I never want people to hear me and think that, you know, all you gotta do to get healthy is buy a $400 hormone test and everything's gonna be fine. It's not, that's not true. We wanna come back to like the, the important core tenets of health and well being. And to me, one of those things is being able to listen and understand what your body is communicating to you. How does your body communicate to you? What are the messages coming at you? How are you hearing them? How are you seeing them? And so I'll sort of like pepper some of that in into today's show, it's, hu- it's hugely important. Um, speaking of body communication, speaking of intuition, because um, I kind of use those two terms interchangeably, A few months back, I was getting a strong intuitive hit that we had to get out of Dodge. Uh, My family was experiencing the same stuff that so many other families were, like the walls were closing in, essentially. If you're new to this show, or you only tune in once in a while, and you don't have my entire year memorized, (laughs) which is probably most of you, I'm gonna recap for you. So we have two parents, me and Scott. We're both working from home full time. We had a first grader, this year, uh, she was 100% remote for over a year. 100% remote. We had for a few months we didn't have any child care at all, and then we had my aunt Patty and my mother-in-law, so two elderly women. They would come once a week and kind of help out. So you know, it wasn't easy, but despite all of that, like sort of against all odds, my business experienced significant growth. And I think part of that was being in crisis mode. Essentially, the world was falling apart around me and I didn't know what to do to fix it. And I thought, well, okay, here's one way I can show up and be of service. Health matters right now a lot. So I can show up and help people with that. That I can do. So I made little micro pivots to my work to make it more accessible to more people. And I just kept going. Um, so in the year of pandemic, here let me do like a little recap. And it's when I think about all of this stuff, I get so overwhelmed <laughs> because it's a lot. So in this year of pandemic, I built a school. I built the functional nutrition academy. I'm still building out the school while simultaneously leading students through it. So that's chews up a good chunk of my time. As you might imagine, building a school would. I expanded my one-on-one practice. I hired two people on my team, soon to be more. I launched programs seven times. And if you've ever launched anything, you know like launching is launching is big, big launch energy. It's a lot. It's a lot, lot, lot. And then I ran those programs. So first you got to launch the programs, then you got to run them lead people through them. And then I continued to show up on my platforms right here, the podcast and Instagram. You heard from me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I continued to produce a weekly podcast despite the world burning around me. So I think from an outsider looking in, it probably seemed like I really had my shit together. (laughs) And honestly, Honestly, I kind of did. Like, I felt like I kept a very healthy perspective. I was very acutely aware, and I still am, of all of the suffering around me and acutely aware that my situation was not that bad in the grand scheme of things. And that was kind of what kept me moving forward. It was, I'm going to throw myself into my work, and I'm going to keep perspective, and I'm going to like tune out everything else. Uh, But around like February or March, things started to shift. Hattie was doing great, but Scott and I were really struggling. Uh, Life just felt hard. It was cold. If you live in New England, you know what March is. March is demoralizing. It's like, it's just, it's the month that makes you question, why do I live here? It's just like month number thirty-seven of winter is upon us, and it's never going to get better. It's just like spirits are low, and then it started to feel like Groundhog's Day. It was like inertia, all of the things. So we hadn't, um, we have been taking a, a monthly, or excuse me, a, an annual trip to Saint Augustine. My mom and and my stepdad did the snowbird thing for a while and then they moved there full time. St. Augustine, Florida is really, really cool. So once a year we go down there and obviously, you know, last year we did not. And I was like, well, instead of going down, first of all, we have two dogs and and I wasn't ready to fly yet. So we were going to drive down anyway. And then I'm like, if we're going to drive down, why don't we like post up for a month, like rent a house and just do it. We're all remote. When are we ever gonna get the chance to do this again? Like, let's do it. And I, I knew it would be good for me. I knew it would be good for Hattie, for Scott, all individually. But I also felt that it would be like really good for like the collective unit all together. Um, and it was you know, it totally was. In um, when I think it was episode 118 when I talked about intuition, energy medicine, and personal power, I mentioned how I am someone who thrives under pressure. Like there's kind of like two different cohorts of people. This is total over-exaggeration. Like this is making it way more sound, way more simple than it actually is. But like when you're under pressure, some people like go into over-action and some people kind of like go into under-action. I am the overaction. <laughs> And that really became abundantly clear to me during this past year. I think I probably always knew that, but I was like, oh, you know, like watching how different people had different reactions to this thing. I'm like, I am going into overdrive and I'm like kind of staying in overdrive. (laughs) Um, I think part of it is a coping strategy or a trauma response. Um, once I was in Florida, I found myself with a little bit more time and space on my hands. And that's when the anxiety really started to settle in. Like I had been surrounded by a lot of people feeling really anxious for a really long time throughout pandemic. And I was like, I don't, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. And it was like once, I feel like there was like almost like this like return to normal vibe and then my nervous system was like, okay, now it's time for us to freak out. <laughs> Everybody else is feeling good. Like everyone's good. Like now it's time for you to freak out. So it was, once I was in Florida, I like, I really was feeling tremendously anxious. I was, I was pretty much face to face with some stuff that I had no choice but to address head on. Radical honesty is a concept that I discuss with my clients. And I, I found that it was time for me to be radically honest with myself. Um, you know, we all go through these, these moments, and this was one of mine. I found myself in a position where I had to examine some core beliefs. Um, if you've spent any time, dear listener, examining your core beliefs and your core wounds, you know how much fun that can be. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun at all. So what I realized was coming up, there, there was a part of me that felt really guilty for going to Florida. Like, who am I to do this? It's the same part of me that feels guilty for saying, I want to do things that feel good, right? It's the same part. It's the same part. Like, who am I to feel good? Who am I to feel pleasure? Who am I not to be suffering? When so many people are suffering, who am I to try to be seeking pleasure and, and rest? And because this was my belief, this is what I saw reflected back to me. That is something, it's a really important thing to understand. If you have a storyline, if you have a narrative in your head, if you have deep-seated beliefs, you're gonna continue to see that show up time and time and time again until you address the belief. Um, So I was sitting here feeling like, who am I to do this? And I was starting to see some of that in response. Like one of my friends asked, why are people trolling your Florida trip?" <laughs> it was like the second I left New Hampshire, things got really weird in that people's asks and demands of me increased. And I don't know, I don't know if it was, if it was something about me like dipping out that like triggered people or, you know, I don't know what it was or if it was just the fact that it had been a year, you know, in, in pandemic and people were losing their damn minds, you know? Like, I get it, but um, it was just quite interesting to witness that, but I recognized that something, like, it just all came on all at once. When when things happen all at once, if that is usually a sign to me and to you too, that it's time to like do a deep dive on something. That has been my experience. So like all of this was like kind of piling on. And like people's asks were just like totally bizarro. Like it and it wasn't just me. It was like other people witnessing it and be like, what the fuck is going on? Um but I recognized that something in my belief system was creating that reality. There was something about what I felt was true, and I that was creating that experience for me, okay? This is where we take responsibility. Not everybody likes to do it. A lot of people will reject that, and if that's you, cool. you know, take what you want, leave the rest. This is how I change my life, this is how I change my health, this is how I change everything is is Taking responsibility. I'm seeing this show up in my life. Where am I responsible? Oh, I have this belief that I shouldn't be doing. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, I am not worthy of going to Florida in some way. So I'm going to see that reflected back to me. So if my belief is what's creating my reality, what has to change? My belief. So I was really invested in looking at my beliefs because I'm like, what what's going on? What, what's, what is happening? And I realized that I'm still grappling, this is almost embarrassing to admit, I'm still grappling with the deep core beliefs around rest and worthiness. And I know that this is not unique to me. That's, there's a reason that I'm talking about it on a podcast to 60,000 people right now. I know it's not unique to me. I know that you grapple with feelings of worthiness and of taking rest, right? I know you do. I know you do, because I talk to a lot of you. So I, I, what was interesting is that anytime somebody would ask me about what I was doing, I found myself explaining the situation. I mean, how many times have you done this, right? I was like, well, you know, it's not. It's not a real vacation. I'll still be working the whole time. Or like, I haven't had a vacation or a proper break in two years, so we have to go. Or I really needed help with child care. I haven't had child care for a year. My mom's going to help out. Now, all of those things were true, absolutely true. But like, why did I feel the need to explain it? Right? Like, why? Why couldn't me taking my family to Florida for a month just be enough on its own without an explanation? Like, after the year that I just had, did I not feel deserving of that? It's like I needed people to understand, "Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm still suffering." You know, like what the f is that all about? Somewhere deep within subconsciously, I was carrying around this belief that I am not worthy of rest. That taking some downtime is somehow shameful. It's not okay. It's not safe for me to take a break. And that belief has really been a recurring theme throughout my life for respect for your time i'm not going to unpack the particulars but many 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 times i've seen this pattern i have felt the need to prove myself through burnout that i am unable or unworthy of taking a break unless i hit such a degree of burnout that i simply cannot go on that i get sick and i do see this pattern in a lot of folks with chronic ailments, whether it's autoimmune autoimmune issues, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, a lot of these folks have this core belief that I'm unworthy of rest at the core of it all. So once again, my reality was reflecting these beliefs. On my way to Florida, my body kind of gave out. Like I felt physically awful. I I was just done, 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 and dusted. And I I am definitely somewhat grateful for that because it's in those moments of being incapacitated that I am forced to do a deeper dive. This can honestly be the gift of chronic illness. There's quite often a spiritual component and it's like our souls trying to speak to us, our intuition, whatever you wanna call it, our higher self is trying to speak to us and it's like, hello, hello. Is this thing on? Hello, in there. Hello, 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 hello. And we're like, we're too busy. We're filling our life up with too much busyness, so we can't hear it. And so sometimes it's our body has to communicate. Sometimes that higher self comes through in the form of physical ailments. That is my lived experience and so many others, right? So oftentimes, that's why I say chronic illness can be a gift, because there's this there's these deeper messages that can come through. Now, luckily I was able to pull myself out relatively quickly. It was kind of like a little mini flare up and I can absolutely talk about how I did that on an upcoming show. I'm not trying to like hoard my trade secrets if that's of interest to you. Um, But it left me evaluating. Why do I feel like I have to suffer in order to relax? Like I cannot give myself the gift of relaxation unless I've hit burnout, unless I've worked myself to the bone, unless, uh, that's like a really gnarly saying, like where did that come from? I don't know why that came out of my mouth. It feels, feels gross. Like unless I'm like so burnt out, right? I'm so burnt out or I'm sick that I have no choice but to relax. Like I went to Florida to enjoy myself and I wasn't able to enjoy myself. Like, what's that about? Luckily, luckily I like caught myself in the moment and I was like, we gotta redirect, kid. This is not okay. This is not okay. You know what's interesting too is that I worked, I worked my ass off. I was working 80 hour weeks leading up to the trip so I could get ready for it because I wanted to kind of scale back. Um, That is my, if you could hear that in the background, that's my seat creaking, I'm not like, ripping out on the podcast just fyi uh in case you heard it because um, that's where my mind would have gone anyway but like I was working so hard to get ready for the trip in anticipation of being like, I'm gonna scale back my work hours once I'm in Florida. So I'm gonna bust my ass, right? I'm gonna pre-record podcasts. I'm gonna write all the lectures for FNA. I'm gonna do all the lab analysis for your hormone revival. I'm just gonna like really work hard so I can just push through to get to the other side. Listen, I'm a workhorse, I can do it, I can power through, I'm good under pressure, blah, 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 all the shit we tell ourselves. But then I realized, number one, I had been doing that for a full year. And number two, when I got to the other side, I'm like, I still felt that tendency to like keep going and push through. And I'm like, how much longer can I live with this storyline? I don't think it's a good one. I don't think I want this anymore. One of my core wound beliefs is that I'm not doing enough. And I know that I've shared that here with you before. And I know that that's a very common one for a lot of folks. Um, You know, we live in a capitalistic society that tells us more, 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 more. So, like, it's baked into a lot of us. But every time someone says, I need more from you, it really sits right on that core wound belief. It's like proof positive. It's like, see, I knew I wasn't doing enough right? If I was doing enough, people wouldn't be asking for more. Like when you're working your absolute hardest and you're trying your absolute best and you still have people demanding more from you saying, please do more. I internalize that as your best isn't good enough. And so therefore you'll never be good enough, right? That's why it's such a trigger for me. This is why I have to set boundaries in my business. It's not because I'm like a raving lunatic. Or a crazy bitch, it's because I have to like protect myself, <laughs> you know. I got I got issues just like the rest of you, right? I gotta protect myself through boundaries, right? I gotta protect that inner child. Somebody's gotta do it. Somebody's gotta do it. Anyway, I felt like this came up a lot this year, and you probably have picked up on that because I've been talking about boundaries a crap ton over the past year. And I just Found myself saying this over and over again to my family and friends. If only they knew how hard I was working, they wouldn't ask me for more. Hmm. And this, I'm not, this is not a poor me saga at all. I I really hope it's not coming across that way. I'm saying this because I know you can relate. I know you can relate. So I want to share one quote that really helped change my perspective on this. This helped flip the script for me. And it's from Nidra Glover. Uh, she's a therapist. She's the author of Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, Nidra Glover Tawab. I, I might not be saying her name correctly, but I will link to her work. Follow her on social media, follow her on the Instagram, She her posts are awesome. Um, and get that book if you uh, wanna learn more about setting boundaries and finding peace. Um, she wrote, sometimes people ask you to do things when you already have a lot on your plate because they have no clue what's on your plate. And I was like, damn, when I read that, like, yeah, sure. Some people are just disrespectful. Of course, some people are assholes, but for the most part, they're not. For the most part, I think people are just aloof. They're just like lost in the sauce, you know? They're just like in their own world, you know? Like, and whether you have a public-facing business like myself or not, there's, n- there's gonna be no shortage of people asking you for more. In the way that I am looking at it now, I've it's been a bit of a reframe, and it feels really good, and I'm doing things that feel good, right? It isn't other people's responsibility to anticipate my needs or to know where my boundaries are it is my responsibility to understand my own needs to understand when my plate is full and to clearly communicate what i am available for and what i am not available for people don't know what's on my plate how could they right they don't have a crystal ball it's not their responsibility to guess It's my responsibility to determine when my plate is full and act accordingly. That means saying no. That means setting boundaries. That means communicating them clearly. These are all concepts we have unpacked on the show before, right? So I found myself in a position to really evaluate what was on my plate and what needed to come off. And of course, like this isn't a set it and forget it, right? We have moments in time where we have to reevaluate. We have to take stock of our life. We have to take stock of our work. We have to take stock of our family life, our family dynamic. We have to do all of this. It's part of being human, right? We're just constantly taking stock of our life and saying what works, what doesn't, right? And I, I'm talking about this in return to these concepts to exemplify that it really isn't a set it and forget it. This is ongoing work. So this is where I found myself in Florida. Like my body was saying enough. My body was like slamming the brakes on me, like slow down. My family was like, um, please enjoy yourself. Like I really hope that you can take some time to enjoy yourself on this trip my soul, my higher self was like, I don't wanna work 80 hour weeks anymore. Like, I'm done. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? (laughs) Can you hear me? Like, I'm done. I'm ringing the bells here. Um, And then I had people in my business saying, but we need you. We need you. Do not leave us. Do not leave us. Do not go to Florida. Do not leave me. I need you. And there was a part of me that wanted to be needed. This is where I have to take responsibility, right? This is it, this is what I'm talking about. There is a part of me, if I was willing to admit it, that I wanted to be needed, I like being needed. There's a part of my identity that's tied into me being needed. I think we have a tendency to prioritize other people's needs or to to wanna feel needed because it's a way to feel important, it's a way to feel productive. In a society that ties our productivity to our value, it's a way to feel worthy. I understand why we do it, truly I do. And this is you know, exactly what I mean about your beliefs influencing your reality. If I believe that me being needed means I'm more valuable, and I'm gonna look for experiences that tell me that I am needed. It's kind of a hard cycle to break out of unless I'm changing the belief. And here's the deal, I was willing to change the belief because there was an even bigger part of me that recognized that some of these patterns were disordered, right, That did not that I don't really want to keep living out these same disordered patterns anymore. There's a bigger part of me that was like, I'm kinda done with this storyline. I, you know, I think we also tend to prioritize other people's needs, right? Or to work really hard. I, just as an aside, I heard this and I have to like say it here at some point because it was so good. Somebody said workaholics have like a very dangerous addiction because the outside world is constantly rewarding us for that addiction. It's the only addiction that's that's rewarded externally through money, through success, through promotions, through like, wow, you're doing such a good job. Wow, you're killing it. Wow, you're slaying it. right? Wow, you're on top of your game. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm a workaholic, but I think I definitely have workaholic tendencies. It's like probably my vice of choice. Anyway, uh, but all of this stuff, feeling needed whether it's through your work or otherwise, it fills up our time, it keeps us busy, it keeps us humming along, and that can feel safe because when we slow down, we start to hear things. Some call it the whispers of the soul. <laughs> this is your intuition, whatever you wanna call it, that's your intuition. There's a there's a reason people are always like, How do you know what your intuition is? How do I access my intuition? How do I use my intuition? When we're so busy working, tending to people's needs, we're not a clear channel for intuitive downloads. And to the listener who reached out and asked for a woo episode, was that last statement woo enough for you? (laughs) When you're so busy, staying so busy, you're not a clear channel for intuitive downloads. So, when I was in Florida, I allowed myself to slow down a bit or maybe maybe a better way to describe that is like my body forced me to slow down. <laughs> Thank you body, the real MVP, Aaron's body. What my intuition was saying was that this pace is too much and it doesn't feel enjoyable anymore. Right? You've already proven to yourself that you can do it. Does that mean you should? And I found myself saying out loud to my family and friends, like, I don't want to work this hard anymore. And one of my besties, Kyle, who you all know from the, sh- the, the, the podcast, was like, I am so glad to hear you say that. I've never heard you say that before. I've never said that before. I've always really liked working. But I'm like, at what point does enough become enough? 80 hour weeks was it, was that was it what it was for me. You know, that's what it was. I was like, I'm good. I'm good with this. I'm super good with this. I no longer want to operate under the storylines and the belief systems that I'm not doing enough. It's an it's a losing battle. Like I'm just kept doing more and more and more and more and more and more and more. I wasn't getting anywhere. You know, like I was getting, I was, don't worry. I I was getting places. I just, it wasn't ever filling the bucket. It wasn't ever filling the need to feel like I'm enough. Right? So that wasn't working anymore. I don't wanna operate under the belief systems that I'm not worthy of rest or enjoyment or pleasure or feeling good, right? That somehow, by me taking a break, I'm dropping the ball for somebody else. That's not true. I, I'm, I reject that belief. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it running a train in my head anymore. New. No. The other thing I was thinking, what, like one of my mantras became, normal people take vacations. Normal people take vacations. Like if one of my friends or my family members, a loved one, a client came to me with this situation I was in, I would have been like, take a vacation bra, take some time off. It's so interesting like how much compassion and grace we can extend to people we love and yet we have such a hard time doing it to ourselves, right? Like so I was like normal people take vacations. Why am I holding myself to a standard that I wouldn't hold anyone else to? That's bonkers. No. You know, we have to understand this is not a like shit on Aaron or shit on fill in the blank with your name. This is not a beat ourselves up. Why do I have these beliefs? I'm so rotten. No, no, no. These are old belief structures that were put in place at different times in your life for different reasons. They served a purpose. At a certain point, they served a purpose. But they're no longer working for you. It's time for a change. We have to give ourselves some grace. I do a lot of self-forgiveness, which is probably a topic for another show. We have to just acknowledge that like, yeah, this operating system doesn't work anymore, right? Something that has been really helpful for me is to evaluate, am I making this decision, this move, this this play, this action? Am I doing this based on old, outdated belief structures? Right? So that's something you can do too. That's, That's a question you can ask yourself too. If something feels a little off, little out of alignment, if you will, to use the woo-woo terminology, you can stop and say, well, let me just get some information here. Why am I doing this? Not to say you can't do it. It's not to say it's wrong, but just ask yourself, self-inquiry, why am I doing this? Is this decision or this action based on a belief? If so, what's the belief? Is that belief true? Right, you can just go through the checklist. You can do this. You know, it might take some time. You might journal about these things, but then like you get some practice. You build up some momentum. You can just do this right, right in real time. So, for example, is it true, right? So I I uncovered that I was like kind of forcing myself to do some stuff that wasn't serving my higher good based on the belief that I don't think I'm worthy of rest, right? In a nutshell, is that belief true? Is it true that I'm not worthy of rest? F no, no. Logically, I can tell you hell no. So I need to change my operating system. And what's interesting is, and I'm I'm curious if this is the same for you too, or if this is like a me thing. I tend to be really good at at figuring out what no longer serves me. Like I'm like, this feels bad. Like this is off. You know, this doesn't. This is out of alignment for me. But I'm not always good at the next steps, which are letting that go, and then replacing it with something else right? Because if we identify a belief that no longer is working for us, we have to replace that belief with something else. It doesn't really stick unless it's replaced. Like You have to put in a new operating system, essentially. I know nothing about like computers or technology or anything, so I don't... Can you replace an operating system? What is an operating system? I don't have to know. Things get to feel good. That's like the new belief that I want to put on, put in place. Things get to feel good. I can focus on the things that feel good. So that's what I'm doing right now. This is the work that I'm doing right, right now, like really paying attention to like what feels good in my business. I wear a lot of hats. I probably do the job of three different people and that's that doesn't feel good, right? I, I actually went through and made um wrote down all of the different things that I do in a given week on individual post-its. I don't want to tell you how many post-its there were. I put the post-its all around and then I was like, what feels good? What feels good when I do it? Luckily, because my job is my passion, most of the things felt good, but there was a few things and I was like, ew, no, 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 take it out, take it out, take it out. So... That's how I'm doing that. Um, So I can focus on the things that feel good and either let go of or outsource the things that do not. So that's what I'm doing. I'm hiring more coaches. I'm building out full-time admin support. I'm willing to receive the support. This is a new storyline for me. Like receiving support is safe. I am willing to trust it. This is new, right? So this is how I'm upgrading the operating system. And if you feel really stuck with anything, you can say, like, even if you're like, I don't know what the new belief is. I don't know what the old belief is. I don't know what the new belief is. I don't know what's going on. I just feel stuck. (laughs) been there, done that. You can just simply say, I am willing to see this another way. I'm willing, I'm willing to see this another way because we get so rigid in our beliefs, we get so rigid, rigid in our thoughts that are like, this is the only way, and it's never the only way, it's like pretty much never the only way. So I'm willing to see this another way. And listen, this is exactly what I did with my gut program. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a real world example of how this shit is playing out. Over a year ago, I announced that I was working on this new project, so at this point I've had, I don't know, like maybe 150 women go through, I don't know, 100, I don't even know. Um, I I just haven't done the math, who have gone through your hormone revival and they've had a really awesome response. So I wanted to recreate that same vibe, but for gut health. That was my goal. It sounded like an amazing idea and it was, and it freaking was. But that was BP, right, before pandemic. So obviously this past year has shaken a lot of things up, my business included, your life included, no doubt. So for me, it was for all of the reasons that I mentioned before, it was really important for me to continue to show up to serve my people during a global crisis. I'm like, this is what I can do, this is what I can do well, so I wanna show up. Um, So I showed up through my weekly podcast, through different offerings, my one-on-one work, CCP, YHR, my practitioner training, right? And I was operating in that crisis mode. And just kept going, and I kept saying, like, you know, the gut program will come. People are like, "Is that coming?" I'm like, "It's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come." But like, knowing how long it takes to build out a comprehensive program, like YHR took me nine months, um, FNA Functional Nutrition Academy, I it's going to take me a full year or more. Um, so knowing how long it takes to build out a really good program. And knowing that my time and energy have been so deeply invested in other projects, I just kept pushing it off. I'm like, I don't have, like like physically have the the time in the space to do this. Um, people kept joining the wait list. I really didn't wanna let people down. So I was just like, yeah, it's, it's happening. It's like Johnny and baby, you know, like with the lift and baby's like, Johnny, when are you going to teach me the lift? And he's like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I was like, it's coming. Like I'm planning on teaching you the lift. I just don't know when. Um, But, this is a big but, the thing that I wouldn't let myself feel or acknowledge was this intuitive knowing every single time, every single time I thought about the gut program. I would get tremendous anxiety like throughout my entire body. This is a sign. You know, this is one of my signs. So I'm going to give you an example. I um this was back in November, all the way back in November. I know it was November because my mom was here visiting and I remember talking to my mom and she's like, you know, super spiritual and so like we were talking about like, you know, the spirituality of of all of this. And I was like, I just every time I think about it, I'm like, I I started to, what happened, I was journaling that morning about the GI program. I was kind of like mapping it out and I got hit with a full blown panic attack. And I like ran upstairs to my mom's room. I was like, mommy, mommy please help. And she like talked me through it. um, And then I got into the sauna and I just like, I heard this like message, which sounds kind of far out, but like, you know, this is how the intuition works. Like talks do sometimes sometimes and I just heard this like really clear message and the anxiety went away like that and the message was like a structure of the program and so I was like okay I don't have to build it now but at least I know where I'm going and then a few months later the same thing happened where I'm like okay so I have this idea it's 16 16 weeks 16 modules like I, I get it I get it I'm gonna sit down and map it out and same thing happened full-blown, top-to-tail anxiety. And I just kinda kept shoving it down. I I kept going into like my more, that's my dog barking, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm almost done here, so I'm gonna wrap it up and let that crazy monkey do her thing. Um, I would go into more masculine, logical thinking of like, from a business perspective, it's a really bad move. Like I knew, if I'm being honest with myself right now and being honest with you, I knew that the GUT program was a no-go, but I kept trying to make Fetch happen. I was like, no, it's a really good idea. This is a really strong idea, and there's a lot of interest. This is like a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. So many people want this, and I can build it. I can do it. Why wouldn't I flipping do this? This is stupid. So I kept like, going into self-flagellation mode of like knowing what I needed to do, but being like, nobody's going to understand myself included of like, why I'm not going to do this. Anyway, in Florida, when I was like, I, I realized that like, that was all tied into certain beliefs. And when I was blowing up the beliefs, hey, guess what happened? The gut program was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. It's not happening. I emailed the waitlist and was like, it's not happening. Maybe in the future, maybe not, but like, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your interest. But there's no time for this to happen. And like, quite frankly, my intuition, like I have never, never been steered wrong by my intuition, never. Never, in my business or in my life, never. So I have to trust that this is the right thing and like maybe something like really wonderful and beautiful will come out of this instead that's even better, right? This or something better, right? Um, So it's not like I'm leaving people high and dry. Like you can still work with me one-on-one if you want that GI restoration work. It's not like I'm just like, peace, you know, (laughs) like there's options. Um, But one thing that last week, on the the episode with Danielle, I gave her a pat on the back. And I said, I know that you're showing up authentically because you just made this massive business pivot. I know how hard it is to like say no to something in a business, like right? I know how hard it is to build something new. And I'm also trusting that you, as my audience, want me to show up authentically, right? You want me to do the things that feel good because that's how I show up as my best self. And chances are you're here because you want me to show up as my best self, not some like half-baked version of me. (laughs) Chances are. And I'm also showing that, and it feels so good to say that. Honestly, it really feels so good. I'm telling this story also because I want you to know that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to do what you know is right even if other people don't understand it or don't like it. It's really okay to trust yourself. It is safe for you to trust yourself. It is safe for you to trust your intuition. Your desires are there for a reason. The whispers of the soul, if you will. If you have a strong pull to do something or to not do something, trust that right it's there for a reason it is not a mistake it's by design trust it and i'm so excited to like you know jump back in in a year from now and be like hey you want to know what's awesome <laughs> i just built out this other program instead and it's wonderful i don't know what's going to happen i'm going to just leave it to the the universe but um there's my woo but I really want to encourage you to trust it. And we didn't get any like irate people being like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're not doing this? That didn't happen. You know, like people get it. And I will just say that like, there's one caveat here. I am not a fan of flakes. Flaky energy and me do not mesh because I've worked with enough people who like flaked out or like backed out of their commitments and they're like it's self-care. I'm just taking care of myself I'm like yeah you're actually just kind of like not you know you're just like you're selfish. <laughs> I don't know that's super judgmental. Don't hate me for saying that but I don't do well with flaky energy. So the one thing that I will say is that you know it's not self-care if you have to compromise your integrity chances are right? Uh, if you're gonna like bail on somebody, if you're gonna like screw somebody over, chances are it's not self-care. But the way that I see it is that my intuition will never force me to compromise my integrity, right? If I have to compromise my integrity, it's not like true intuition. It's probably just cause like, I don't wanna do something, right? Or I'm like afraid maybe, I don't know. So that's like, that's the one rule that I follow for intuition. So anyway, I don't know, was, was that just an hour of me talking about myself? Maybe. Maybe it was. Hopefully you glean some nuggets from that. Um, Ultimately what it comes back to is like, we have to find ways to connect with our intuition, right? And one way that I suggest, or I think is a good way to tap in is look for evidence that you've done it already. Like, was there ever a time where you did something even though you knew it went against the norm? Or like you knew it was like a little weird, not what people were expecting? You but you just knew it was the right move and like looking back you're like oh wow so glad I did that so glad I trusted myself um I used an example last uh, on the Danielle show where I you know like the the year that I didn't do a dietetic internship like my life like came into full bloom it was like the most magical. twenty was it 2010 I don't know somewhere around there it was like the the best year, like one of the best years of my life, like just the most magical, special, special time. Um, And it was because I trusted my gut and trusted my intuition and didn't do what everybody else was telling me to do. And I didn't do what everybody else expected of me. And people were like, what the fuck is this crazy bitch doing? And I did it anyway. And it was glorious. Um, Also, create some space for yourself. If you haven't listened to episode 123, Creating Your Morning Ritual, that is so important even if it's like 10 minutes a day we live our lives so filled up right so filled up and when we sit still we get anxious and we pick up our phones and we scroll instagram and i am guilty of this (laughs) this is not me pointing the finger we do this it's so filled up and we're like taking care of everybody else and prioritizing everybody else and making sure everybody else is comfortable, right? And I'm not saying don't help people, I'm just saying make some space in your life for yourself, right, create some downtime, so those messages can come through. It's like we have to create mental white space. If we don't have mental white space, if we don't have any space in our life, there is no room for your intuition to come through. So we have to create that space. So those are my two pro tips for starting to tap in to your, intuition. And thank you lovely people for being here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your presence. I appreciate you. I appreciate your existence. You're worthy of rest. Go take a nap today. I love you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.